Hello, listeners. Welcome to the AC Podcast. My name is Troy. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to fill you in on something super cool. Power to Change is pleased to announce that the P2CS Next Step Scholarship is available across Canada in 2022. So this scholarship is for current residents of Canada entering into their first year of post-secondary undergrad this September 2022. The application is open until May 10th, 2022, so you're going to want to jump on it as soon as possible. This scholarship is designed to encourage a healthy transition to post-secondary, both by offering funds and by facilitating connections to faith communities on campus. There are 43 scholarships available, totaling up to $30,000. For more info on how to apply, visit p2c.sh slash next steps or p2c.sh slash next for French. Got it? Good. That's all we got for you today. We'll get out of your hair. Now for the podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the AC Podcast. My name is Troy. Today I am here with a special guest, longtime friend of the arts, friend of the family. Uh, I'm here with Mike Tom. How you doing today, man? I'm doing well. It's so good to talk to you again, Troy, and get to see you since you left us in Manitoba. So that's right. That's right. I uh, I actually got to visit this past Christmas. So I was in Winnipeg for a couple of days and it was like when it was minus 40 and awful. <laughs> and my daughter, we, Ariah, we, we went to the Walmart because we were picking up some things and we had tried to prepare her for the weather. We're like, sweetheart, it's not like you think it is. Like, it's not like when we get snow and it's like, oh, so beautiful in the mountains. It'll be awful. And she's like, no, daddy, I'll be fine. And we're like, okay. And so we come out of this Walmart immediately, just didn't say anything, just burst into tears, started crying like, Daddy, it hurts. It's so cold. <laughs> I was That's like, funny. Oh, Good man. old prairie winter. Oh, it's, it's yeah, it's unforgiving. And it uh, you definitely got to earn your salt out there. Yeah. Um, but for those of you who don't know uh, Mike Tom, uh, Mike has spent nearly a decade in traditional church ministry at Willow Lake Baptist Church as their youth pastor, associate pastor, and eventually lead pastor for two and a half years. He has been in broadcasting for 18 years, most recently as a radio personality at CHVN, where he is now the program director. He's also an award-winning writer and speaker. And through experiences of trauma and tragedy, Mike found himself dealing with grief in unhealthy manners. He would battle addiction off and on for nearly a decade. And as we've talked many times that's been a lot of where your heart has been in ministry is knowing how how far you've come along yourself but give us an update mike like who who are you for our listeners how would you describe yourself maybe how you how would your wife describe you (laughs) (laughs) my i always uh like my social media taglines are always now a bringer of good news and my my wife might say a bringer of good news but a little grumpy sometimes (laughs) i uh i'm a morning show host at chvn i'm also the program director there chvn is Winnipeg, really Manitoba's Christian radio station. And uh, for people unfamiliar with the format, I always say, think Caleb, but Canadian. So yeah. uh, that's my mornings. Uh, and then I spend the rest of the day kind of helping out behind the scenes at the radio station. Um, I'm not at a church anymore, but I do quite a bit of guest preaching around Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba. And maybe most importantly, yeah, I'm a dad and a, a husband as well. Been married to my wife, Katie, for uh, almost 14 years now, I guess, uh, 13 awesome. years this year. And and Congrats. we have two young kids, a four-year-old and a two-year-old who kind of really keep me on my toes. So. <laughs> yeah, I know that for sure. We uh, our, our daughter, 
she just turned she just turned four and our son just turned a year and they're just sprinters so like they do anything wrong they just take off and it's like ah now i actually have to get up and run after you holding that butter knife oh boy our oldest was so hyper as a little kid and then we got pregnant with the second and and everybody was like oh well Cameron, your oldest is so hyper. That means your next one's going to be really calm and chill. And, no, they're just both crazy. Right. But ton of fun. So that's awesome. Yeah. But I just love to, I do love to like bring the good news of Jesus, right? Hope to the hopeless. That's where my, my big heart and passion is, is reaching out to people that feel like they have no hope and are hopeless. Like I once was. And yeah. And like, hey, if God can rescue me and turn my life around, he sure as heck can turn your life around. Right. That's right. Yeah, it, it's super awesome for me to have this opportunity, especially because a lot of our listeners have heard and they know that I'm, I'm a recording artist and so I'm from the arts world. And so for those of you who don't know, Mike is one of the first radio interviews, if not the first radio interview I ever had as a Christian artist. And so it's come full circle to have the opportunity to now, you know, really, really talk to you. Like, I, I don't know how often you get these opportunities to, you know, someone really pick your brain about your heart. And not very um, often. And it's weird getting interviewed. But uh, yeah. And the, like, yeah, I've interviewed you so many times, right? This is weird mm-hmm. sitting on the other side. Now I'm going to let you I'll try and let you ask questions. I won't <laughs> ask questions. I, but the, for everybody listening, like this is how well I know Troy, a.k.a. Scribe. Yeah. The first time I interviewed him, he wasn't Scribe. He was young Scribe. That's right. <laughs> now I'm like pre middle aged Scribe, I think. That's or right. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, well, specifically today, like the reason I wanted to pull you in is because of your, um, your history in in Christian radio, to us, and and that's that's an aspect of the music industry, um, the Christian music industry. I, I just wanted to have the opportunity because Apologetics Canada were constantly looking for different different ways to really pull out conversations of apologetics within various topics because a lot of times it's it's mostly known in the academic world. We got a very diverse team in that area. And, you know, they're always asking me, like, is apologetics in the in the Christian music world? Is it in the arts world? And I'm saying and I'll say, yes, the format looks a little bit different, but it's more along the lines of maybe conversations or in the in the realm of motives. And so I I just I thought, okay, I want to I want to talk to Mike. He's been doing this for a long time. And and so I guess one of the first things, I guess, for our listeners is how how did you get into radio how did you get into specifically christian radio okay so this is a good story then uh i first started in radio like way back in 2001 went to broadcasting school my mom said i was making fun of a radio dj in the car one day and my mom was like hey you're pretty good at that you should do it and (laughs) and then my aunt randomly a month later said something about hey you should be on the radio and i moved to winnipeg with no plan and saw ads for broadcasting school so i was like okay I'll, i'll do that then and so I did that for a few years uh, um, and did regular radio, online radio, uh, but was really struggling with addiction through that time as well, like we kind of hinted at. And so I pretty much uh, uh, partied myself out of the radio world, right? And right. really, really missed it. In 2006, I had what I call an encounter with Jesus is the easiest and quickest way to describe it. And turn my life around on that day. And and part of that process was that was the end of June, 2006, start of September, 2006. I was at Providence university college. Nice, and, uh, yes. <laughs> 
two months, two months clean and go to Bible college. Why not? Right. <laughs> so I did <laughs> only way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, started taking youth ministry courses. And within a year of that started working at a church, Willow Lake church and, and about a year in or two years in a year into ministry, I started thinking like, I love what I'm doing now. And I love speaking to young people and sharing the good news of Jesus with them, but I really miss radio. Mm. Uh, and I don't know anybody that's been in radio, they'll tell you it's best job ever, right? It's just something about it. You get a hint of it with podcasting now. So it started to kind of become my prayer. Like, how can I use this ministry experience I'm getting now? And how can I use this theological training that I'm getting now and combine it with my love for radio? And I started praying about that for like a month or two. And then all of a sudden, one day I'm driving in my car and we used to have two Christian stations in Winnipeg, CHVN, which is like Christian contemporary, like Chris Tomlin, Michael W. Smith. But we also used to have a radio station called Ignite 107. That's the one I listened to with rap and hip hop and yeah, metal yeah, and yeah. punk, right? And so I listened to that and I'm driving in my car and all of a sudden this promo comes on. Think you could be the next radio DJ on Ignite 107? And they were running this contest. Who wants to be a radio DJ? And That's it was awesome. kind of like a talent search, right? But instead of for music, it was for their next radio DJs. And so I entered that and I won the contest. And 11 month, or eleven years later, I'm the program director of the place. <laughs> so, um, That's awesome. yeah, Ignite isn't around anymore, uh, but uh, still the same company and CHVN. And yeah, so so that's how I got into Christian radio is I won a contest on the radio, basically, and I've mm. been there for over a decade now. Pretty amazing how God really answered those prayers and for whatever reason uses me. So that's really cool to hear because it's every, everyone's avenue to different things is it can be so diverse, you know, like there's no there's no blueprint. The fact that you left it and then came back. Yeah. You know, a lot of times people are afraid to step away from something as if they're not going to have that opportunity, you know, come up again. And that was one of the things too, like the first, when I left radio in 2003, I moved away from the city I was working in and I had left. I knew things were out of control in my life. And I was like, well, I'll go back to my hometown and I'll get my life in order. Right. And I'll give up the stream of radio and, and things spiraled even worse (laughs) because, well, because of course, like I refused to turn to God, right. Trying to fix myself. And right. So all these years kind of giving up this dream and floundering, but then so cool to see like, yeah, once I did turn to God and give things over to him, he gave that dream back to me and it's, it's bigger and better than I could have ever imagined. Like that, that dream being literally bigger and better than I could have ever imagined it. So I guess as someone who's always, who's been in, music and i guess also in the church setting have did you ever have a desire to be in a band or an artist yourself like yeah yeah <laughs> i still i got my guitars up on the wall upstairs i'm not a very good guitar player but used to i back when i was a young guy like i loved punk music right and then when i became a christian i was like oh i'm gonna become like i'm gonna form a punk band for jesus right and yeah uh but it's funny like apparently you don't get good at things if you don't practice them and i never mm. practiced my guitar <laughs> i was always piano fresh. man yeah oh, <laughs> oh. So, oh i remember awful. I, i'm not quite i was very i mean you can't have a transformation like mine and not be charismatic and i was super <laughs> charismatic back in the day and 
I remember even anointing my guitars with oil one day. <laughs> yeah. 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 The funny thing is you can't just anoint it. You got to like actually pick it up and practice. Yeah. It, so. <laughs> so, yeah, but I love that angle of it, but I just realized like maybe that's not where my skill set is. I don't even think I'm a great speaker or talker, but some people seem to think I am for whatever I, reason. I disagree. So that's I, think, where, I think you are. <laughs> so that's where I, I focus my talents. Yeah. I think if you weren't a good speaker, specifically in radio, you would have been maybe that maybe that's why they push you to program director, right? They're like, get him out of there. <laughs> get him in the office. Take the right. microphone away. Yeah. So right, right. Yeah, I love I love music and I love hearing new artists, too. And like I even think like I still remember the first time I saw your music pop up somewhere on social media back in I don't know when it was like. Might have even been before 2010. Like, seeing, I think maybe Fresh IE shared something though. And I'm like, who is this kid? And you were in Regina at the time. I, yeah, 20, 2009, I just 2010. Get so excited when you see a young new artist for the first time. And then, especially when they're like trying to do something with their gift with faith, right? And yeah, some, some, like I remember hearing you and it was like, oh, this kid is good. And sometimes, like, oh, this kid's not good. Yeah, but, yeah, I hear that. But yeah. you hear their heart and you hear their passion. And so you stop and you think, well, what if we stop and invest and give them feedback? And what will happen five mm. years from now, right? And yeah. and what will happen 10 years from now if you give them a bit of room to work on their dreams? So I love stuff like that. Yeah, that brings up a really good, really good question and conversation that I'm that I'm frequently having with artists as well. Right. Um, because there's a lot of artists that have a lot of zeal. You know, they yeah. they just, man, I want to make music for God. I just da 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 da. Yeah. But it's not quite there, you know? And it's really hard to explain to someone who just love man, I just love to sing. I love to worship. I love to make music for God. It's really difficult to explain to them that's good, but the music isn't yet. Right. So what has that been like for you? you see, see, that's the big problem because everybody like that. They've been given a gift from God, right? They think it, they believe it. And I'm not arguing, but I'm like, well, your gift isn't very good yet though, right? So, so I mean, I try to be um, as honest and straightforward as them uh, with them as I can, but kind at the same time, right? And some people are very receptive and like, give me more, give me more. Thank you, thank you, yeah. thank you, right? And I mean, some people just get offended right away. And what do you mean you're not going to play this? And it's like, well, you made it in your bedroom on a laptop. It's a great start, but yeah, it, the sound just isn't there, right? But for those who are open to it, I mean, I've seen amazing, amazing things with artists develop and not just artists, but um, people that want to get into radio as well, right? Yeah. And they first start and it's just like, oh. You're just not good yet. I'm not going to put you on the radio in, in a major market like Winnipeg. But right. but if they're receptive to, well, like to use Christian language, we could say correction, right? And yeah, guidance yeah. and discipleship, then they grow and they blossom, right? And amazing things happen when they when they take that hard news to hear and, and apply it and practice and work hard. So try and be super gentle, right? But I want to be yeah. honest with somebody like, and I want them to be on the radio one day. You know, yeah. hey, it might not be now, but two years from now, if you do all these things, you could be. So, yeah, you've probably discovered like as an artist, probably one of the best things for you is to play your stuff for other artists and then sit there and listen to their feedback. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think 
it, to touch on what you're just saying there, essentially what you're saying is like stewardship, even on your end, is super important, right? Yeah. As someone in the platform that you have, you can't just put anyone on there because you like them as a person or based off of zeal, right? And I think that's something that in the music world, and this is where you you really slide into start talking about the different aspects of apologetics, right? Is there is an actual art to the art that comes from biblical principles. And sometimes, I, you know, that's that's very obvious. It seems obvious, but I think people forget because artists, by and large, were, one, can be hypersensitive, two, can, you know, get stuck on one thing for a very long time, or they're just wired differently, so they're all over the place. And so they don't often focus on what their foundation is of what they're, of what they're doing, right? And I think, would you say that there's also like that that cultivating process yeah where you really need to go through go through some of the some of the rejection like some of the no's in order to really understand whether or not your zeal is actually real oh for sure right like yeah that's a great point and to yeah to not just have things given to you like a kid right coming with your their painting and like oh that's so good that's great well yeah, that's what I want to say to my four-year-old daughter. Yeah. But if I always do that with her, like she's not, that's not going to be up on a museum one day. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and right. same idea. And I can't imagine what it's like, like writing a song, like you pour your heart and your soul into it and you feel God speaking through you. And then somebody's like, man, <laughs> maybe yeah, not, yeah. right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, to listen to that, like there's so much growth available there and to, well, why not yet, right? I mean, same yeah. thing in our faith life. Why not yet, God? Why haven't you answered this yeah. prayer yet, right? Why isn't it the way I want it to be? Because it's going to be better when you go back and you work on it. And as an artist, you involve others, right? And mm -hmm. I think of, um, you know, we both are friends with Jordan St. Cyr, who's a yep. great Christian artist in Canada. And uh, when I started working at Ignite 107 11 years ago, we had a listener appreciation barbecue and <clears throat> there's this young guy in the corner playing acoustic guitar. And I said to one of the DJs, who's that? And I'm like, oh, that's Jordan uh, from just outside the city, young artist kind of. And he was just a singer songwriter with his acoustic guitar, right? Yep. Labored and labored and labored and put in the effort, listen to people. And right now his career and his ministry is just blowing up. Like Take they're off. Yeah. Yeah. They just announced like they're moving to Tennessee now. Right. And surround oh, himself and yeah. Surround Jeez. himself with songwriters in Nashville. He's touring with uh, Jeremy camp and Ann Wilson and some really big names. Right. But did not happen overnight for Jordan. He got no. told no a ton and he listened to the feedback that he was given and uh yeah amazing things are happening now a, de a decade later right uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah like you said seeing seeing the growth of people in in such a small place right because people don't understand like jordan st Cyr moving to nashville from niverville you know what i mean <laughs> like he went he went from one ville to a bigger ville like that's just <laughs> never niverville is like what maybe like two thousand people at most or something like that right, so for right. those that don't know yeah and yeah and now here he goes in, in a month or so they're they're off to nashville so that's so cool that's so cool so i i gotta ask because we're we're talking uh, people that you've seen over time and uh, somewhat of a somewhat of a success story. I put that around quotes because it's you know what I mean. Um, but like what has been one maybe one of the wildest experiences with radio, right? Because you got 
people submitting music. You got people that think that they should be on the radio. You're dealing with different politics and that sort of thing. What's one of like wildest, most memorable stories for you since since you've been at radio? So the one that comes to mind right away, it's not like a super crazy story, but it's just one that always comes back to me. And, you know, deciding to leave church ministry full time to go to radio full time, that was actually a super difficult decision for me. And uh, Willow Lake had been the only church I'd been at my entire ministry career, a whole almost a decade, right? And yeah. I mean, I was clean for 14 months when they hired me. They took a big gamble on me, right? And they gave me lots of room to grow in ministry and as a person and as a Christian even. So I was a really difficult decision. Do I leave this little church and felt like I was abandoning them? And it also felt like I was abandoning God's call on my life. Like I was running away from ministry to just live this dream that I always had. Right. Uh, and so I eventually did though. I left and I came to the station and with about not quite a year in maybe, and I was sitting at work in the studio and I was having a tough day, like really wrestling with, did I make the right decision? Have I abandoned you? God, I'm sorry. Come back. Right. And in walks Paul Belosh. Uh, Paul <laughs> Belosh is a super, I always feel weird saying this, but famous worship artist, right? Like it, that's it the only is, way, right. like, yeah, right. you've sung, you've sang his songs in church countless times. Trust me. Yeah. Um, I checked out CCLI once, where it's like all the worship songs for copyrights go. And man. yeah, he's just all throughout there. And so he came in for an interview um, he was in the city doing some worship workshops and a tour and we interviewed and we talked and before he left, he just stopped and he looked at me. He's like, you know, you just need to know and understand how important your work is for the kingdom, Mike. I just feel like you need to know that. <laughs> and I was like, I do need to know that right now, yeah. this moment today, actually. Right. And so that kind of helped me shift my perspective on my career. I have not abandoned ministry. God's given me a different ministry. Yeah. And I was faithful to that call, no matter what decision I made, whether I decided to stay at the church or decide to go to the station, I was faithful to God's call on my life because I care about uh, being obedient to him and making him known to others. Right. Yeah. So just help me understand, like, Mike, you can do whatever you want in your life. Just be obedient to me and faithful to me and, and make me known to others. So yeah, that's, that was just gear shift. <laughs> that's a question so many people have. I wouldn't even just say young people anymore, you know, like oh, yeah. um, the pandemic and and all the time people have spent on lockdown and restriction and all those sorts of things. There's been a lot of, if not soul searching, motive searching, um, career searching for a lot of people. And that's one of those challenges is how do I know, especially for the Christian, right? How do I know I'm where God needs me to be? Yeah, like job and vocation, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, God's given us different gifts for different reasons. Um, I didn't know I could do woodworking until somebody from my church gave me a lathe. And I found that to be, it's a bit of a side hustle where I can make enough to keep buying new supplies, yeah. but it's not a job. It's a hobby to restore and refresh me kind of thing, right? Yeah. And I can get away. Um, but where, you know, this is actually really interesting. Now that I think back to the tough call of leaving the church, uh, before the radio station offered me the full-time job, I had this sense that 
my time at the church was running out and I didn't understand why mm. other than God was just calling me out. Um, the former lead pastor that I had worked with, he had been there for 15 years and then I was there for nine years. And all of a sudden I just started feeling like maybe I'm not called to be there for another 15 years. Maybe I was just kind of this transition mm. uh, from Mark being there so faithfully so long, right. To help them transition. But then I'm like, but what am I going to do then? And yeah, I remember yeah. driving, just remembered this driving in my car one day with my wife. And I was like, but what will I do? Because I have no talents. I can, the only thing I can do is talk. It's the only thing I'm good at. I can't build things. I can't, I can't drive big trucks. Like I'm from the country, <laughs> right? So I can't drive a tractor. So if you can't drive a tractor, you're nothing where I come from. Right? So, <laughs> like, I'm like, I have nothing to offer mm. except that people seem to like what I, when I talk and I don't know why, but they do. And then uh, probably within a few days of that conversation, then the radio station approached me and were like, would you like to come here as the program director and help us turn things around here? Right. And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a gift, but it's, a, but the, so I can talk, right? But the calling is making God known. For me, that's the calling, right? Maybe that's all of our calling is to go and and make disciples of all nations, right? Yeah. But for me to really focus in, on that piece of offering hope to the hopeless, and and that's my calling. And I just can't yeah. help but do it no matter where I end up. It just always ends up coming out, right? And right, might right. come out in different ways with different people, but it comes out. So, yeah. Mm. Um, th this is a good transition. I don't no, know I, if I answered that question, but no, 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 you did. You did. It was good because it helped. It helps me walk into this transition here now where, cause we're starting to talk about call a lot more. You know, I, I would say in, even in the, the five to 10 years that I've really been paying attention to the music industry, I've seen the, the shift change from people leaving the church to go pursue a music career to now actual church worship teams or were, you know, individual members of churches becoming very popular within their church setting, making music and, and touring. Uh, I just would, lo would love to know your, your thoughts on that. So I have two thoughts on it. My first one is I love it. I love when local congregations write their own music and when they do it really well and it uh, gives me more uh, music for the radio station to play, <laughs> especially if they're Canadian because we have these requirements to play a certain amount of Canadian music mm, every hour, okay, right? Okay. So I love it. And I love that it's done so well um, by a lot of churches. Um, so we think of like Elevation and Passion and uh, Bethel and stuff from the States, but a lot of Canadian churches are getting there now too. Like I think of my church music, um, yeah, a couple I'm blanking on right now, of course, too, but there's quite a few yep. Canadian church worship bands that are getting really good and getting lots of radio play. And I love it. Uh, and then I also struggle at the same time, uh, maybe not just with worship music, but the whole industry as a whole and how I make mm. my living as a whole is I'm making I'm living in a nice, warm, comfortable house because I sell Jesus every day and I profit mm. off of Jesus. Right. And, and that's what the music does too. Right. We write these songs and, you know, like oh, yeah. the South park episode years ago that mocked Christian music, you just take out the word baby and replace it with Jesus. Right. And that's the formula. And so oh, I do yeah. struggle with that. Like we're just selling Jesus. Right. And we're just profiting off of Jesus. And we've just capitalized on 
one of the most amazing or the most amazing story, right? That a God loves us so much that he would send Jesus to die for us. And now we've made an industry out of it. Some people call it uh, worshiptainment. Um, I know yeah. that uh, yeah. Chris from Rend Collective, he calls it wor- worshipful entertainment. We saw it really blow up recently with um, Hillsong and Chris Tomlin had just announced a couple months ago that they were teaming up for a tour, right? Yeah. And uh, this is quite common on tours. You sell VIP packages so you can get different experiences, right? And yep. I mean, you know, as a musician, there's not a lot of ways to make money anymore. Touring is your best bet. Yep. So they sold these VIP packages where you got backstage and or on stage and you got to meet them and this and that. But a lot of people got angry because this was billed as a worship tour. And now we're selling VIP packages to this worship event. So my big question was, well, who's the VIP in this, right? And yeah, uh, yeah, we did some pretty, uh, quite a few interviews around this with some different Christian professors and stuff and good discussion. And, and for me, well, one, the VIP, obviously, first above all is Jesus. Yep. Uh, but then when we look at it for these specific events, like who were they saying the VIP was? Well, it was about making the person, the audience member, the VIP, right? Yeah. And they weren't saying you get to come meet me, Chris Tomlin, the VIP, you know, and I don't know, maybe Chris thinks that way. I doubt it, but <laughs> you never, you know, but they're saying, no, you get to become the VIP. We'll treat you a little bit extra special and, and we'll help pay for the tour through the same way, right? Yeah. But it, like, I don't know. It's a hard question to answer. Should we be profiting off of worship? Uh, why are they profiting then? I guess where's their heart, right? Yeah. Uh, I think most like there's a there is a knock. I know in the secular music world, I hate using terms like that, but in the secular music world, they're like, oh yeah, well that Christian artists they're just big because they couldn't make it in the real music industry, so they start switch to Christian music, right? And I'm like, I don't know. I have not met many people like that where they're like, oh, I'm just out to make a living as a Christian artist because uh, you might be able to tell us that's if you want to make a good living, there's probably some other choices you might make first, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's it's it's interesting you say that because um, our church um, we we put out our own our own album and um, we also we we had the opportunity of getting we made our our own choir within our congregation and that sort of thing and so um because we're we're a very like free church in the sense that we 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 don't restrict to one genre like one morning we could be singing Chris Tomlin the next it's Kirk Franklin you know we've just that's just the way our team has intentionally tried to be diverse in genre because that that challenge always comes up it's like man we we are giving people the gospel we want to you know, but we, you know, we want to do it in excellence. But then that question always comes up when it's around finances, right? And it's always the challenge. And I've, and I've seen it in my own life. Like for years, I didn't want to deal with any payments. Like if, if someone was going to pay for something, you go see my wife, you e-transfer, you send a letter, you know, because it, I just, I did not like when people would come up to me with a check and be like, when I'm still at a show or something like, oh, here's your check. And I'm like, in the middle of like ministering to someone, talking to someone, you're like, Oh, th- thank you so much. Um, Even at like guest preaching now, right? Like I do pulpit supply once, twice a month and they give me an honorarium. Right. And it's like, uh, 
do I take yeah. this or not? Like I'm preaching the good news. Right. And it's, yeah. I love to do it. Should I take that check at the same right. time? Right. right. <laughs> and, and come raise the, raises the question, right? Because uh, you know, the word says the work, a worker is worth his wages. And so you, the, where I would, where I often offer pushback is, you know, we want these pastors to be able to guide us and our families and walk us spiritually and, and preach on Sunday and all these sorts of things. But we don't want them, we don't want their basic needs to be met so that they don't have to worry about that. You know, I'm not saying that you need to have the biggest house on the block or anything of that nature. But to me, there's always been this aspect of the only reason I can, one of the only reasons I can do this in this setting is because finances were there. Somebody paid for this. Money had to come from somewhere. And would you rather it come from someone who is pursuing Jesus? Um, would you rather sow into me who is trying to pursue Jesus, give you the gospel, or just give it to another conglomerate who's just trying to put on an event? Yeah, it, that's a great way to look at it. And like, I mean, the, and the reality is too, like for preachers or artists, like to get to a certain level, like for artists to get to a certain skill level, preachers to get certain amount of education and like it costs money right it does so it does. i mean i have a master of divinity because that's what the church wanted for a lead pastor right but so by the time i'm done my bachelor's and my master's like i'm nearly nearing six figures of yep. expenses right yeah yeah and i'm not making that as a pastor <laughs> of a small church so so if there was uh i guess right along this realm if there was anything that you would challenge about the Christian music industry, apart from just maybe the financial side of it, uh, what what would it be, right? Like, because I could I could go through my own frustrations, my own challenges as an artist. Um, but what would you say as as someone who is, you are a platform for a lot of people? It would be, and I think you maybe see hints of this, but it definitely would be uh, diversity in Christian music, like in the genres on Christian radio, right? Mm. And uh, like. You know, we might like to listen to a little bit of Christian hip hop, but then you're like, oh, but I want to hear worship music. And I'm like, well, why is that not worship music? Right. Like that is a worship Woo! song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but and so we run into this all the time trying to get new music on the station. Right. And um, there's this thought in radio, like we know who the audience is, like you picture this audience person. Right. So it might be a 45 year old white female driving a minivan with three kids or 2.8 kids now. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, it, yeah. and, you know, and so they don't want to hear Kirk Franklin or they don't want to hear Dante Bo. And I'm like, have you seen the church in Winnipeg? Like it is not just a white 45 year old female yeah. driving a minivan, right? Yep. The church is diverse and it's, it's what drives me nuts about Christian radio. It's what drove me nuts about leading a church in a city like Winnipeg is our congation does not look like our neighborhood. Therefore mm. something is wrong <laughs> because yeah, well, we're really a multicultural good. church. No, it's us and the lady from South Korea and the husband and wife from Trinidad. Yeah. <laughs> and then wow, hundred people that look like me, but the neighborhood doesn't look like us it's very it's more diverse right yeah and so there's something wrong there and same thing with the music there's such great music out there but the only time we'll give it airplay is if chris chris tomlin features kirk franklin on the song right or yeah and i'm like the audience they're out there and they want more of this they're they'll keep listening to us because it is christian and because they know it's okay when they have their kids in the car 
they're not yeah. going to hear anything risky. Yeah. Uh, but if they heard, you know, a little bit more of whatever's on the top of the gospel charts right now, or if we could get a little more hip hop on, like, I mean, think of how many, you know, back in my day, young kids, skateboarders and stuff, it was punk rock was the cool music, but yeah. think of how many kids that skate now or whatever, like how many of them listen to hip hop, Yeah, but we're not feeding them. They're sitting there on the way to school and they're listening to Chris Tomlin sing about his best friend, Jesus. And they're kind of grinning, bearing it on their way to school. Think about those mm. kids, how we could nurture them and encourage them in their faith. If we at least give them a little taste of scribe or fresh or Lecrae yeah. in the mornings. Right. And so what are the, like, as much as you can say, obviously, like, what are, what are some of the roadblocks there? You know, like, cause there might be a listener who's there like, well, why don't you just do that? You know what? Why don't you guys just start playing that? Like, what are some of the the barriers you face? Cause I understand demographic. I understand funding and those sorts of things, but. So I think it would be the same as trying to get a, a church to change is there are people, even if you're the pastor, there are still people in the congregation that you have to take these ideas to and convince them that the change is worth doing. Right. And they're yeah. always resistant for whatever reasons. So um, like in radio, you know, we, we program our station with another station and that that their market doesn't look like the Winnipeg market. Right. So yeah, they're like, right, yeah, right. it's a little risky up here. Right. Like that's not really going to work out so much. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, it basically just comes down to that. And sometimes I feel like I just need to like, I just need to just start doing it and ask for forgiveness later and show yeah, them oh, yeah. look, it works. So look at the feedback, look at the phone lines, how they lit up when we did this. Right. Yeah. And, um, I mean, some of the other issues now though, too, are really frustrating with streaming and stuff. And, mm. uh, record companies are very insistent on what singles you play from their artists and their new albums. Um, but then at the same time, so they give us one new song off the album and please don't play any others. And then at the same time, they put everything on the streaming sites, right? Yeah. And so everybody's listening to that. And they're like, why won't you play this song? Play this song for me. I'm like, well, I can't. I can. But then the record company, like, I'm just going to sour that relationship with them, yeah. right? Right. And I don't get that because, like, I forget what radio pays per spin, but you make a lot more on a radio spin than you do on a Spotify spins. I was going to I was gonna ask that then. So, like, do you do you wrestle sometimes feeling instead of feeling like a, a platform for someone? Cause like, to me, you guys have always felt like, man, they, they, it is a platform that I, I would not have had in any other way. But do you guys sometimes feel like, you know, almost, it almost sounds like an abused middleman, you know, sometimes where, and, and I guess that that speaks again to the, cause this is the Christian industry, right? Like, and, and I know for my, for myself, there have been times where, you know, in my time in the industry, I'm like, man, I can't tell the difference. Right. It, you, and it's hard to tell the difference sometimes. And a lot of times you feel like it's, you know, love assuming the best. It's like, well, believe the best about them and that sort of thing. But how do you guys how do you guys navigate that? Like in, in those scenarios, like are, have you been OK with just like, I guess we're just going to have to cut ties with this person or, you know, maintaining your integrity as a as a as a radio station, but at the same time wanting to you know, really help people in the way that they, they need to be helped. Yeah. Like, what do you mean by like cutting ties with people and stuff like that? So what I mean by is like, in, in say that scenario comes up where someone says, 
hey, I didn't want you to play that song. Why did you play that song? Because the say, for example, the Winnipeg fan base really, really is is wanting that song. The the phone lines are going crazy. Do you just go ahead with it because it's it's really it, it is the gospel, right? It, it's like, man, people are connecting to this song. Um, That's a good point. No, typically we just like listen to the label's wishes, right? And kind of, I don't know if honor is the right word, but like honor that relationship. Like, I mean, labels are pretty thoughtful of these are the two or three singles we're going to get out of this album. And they do it for a reason. So like that album can kind of stay in front of the audience for like 12 months to 18 months, right? Yeah. Like, We'll release this song. It'll pick up. It'll get momentum. Uh, and then it'll really peak in two months, three months, get a ton of plays. Right. And then as it slows, we'll release the next one. And, yeah. uh, and so I get that piece of it, right? Like there is a reason why they're, they're doing that, but I just don't, then I don't get like why you put the whole thing out <laughs> for people to stream, <laughs> except I guess you have to, as an artist, if you don't put it out to stream and the whole yeah. thing, then you suffer as a result too, right? So just kind of this, I guess all this weird 21st century stuff that labels and radio stations have to navigate. I mean, our big struggle and thought now is like, how does radio stay relevant in the coming years as kids? Like, I mean, kids don't even know how to listen to the radio anymore yeah. half the time, right? So I was going to say that, like like you're, you're pulling from my list here. I was just going to say like, how is radio faring in the streaming world because i i have some other friends in the states who you know they do christian radio and one of the one of their arguments often is everyone wants to be on radio but they don't want to listen and support radio yeah i always like i laugh like i've seen like tiktok videos of artists and like freaking out about hearing their song on the radio right and I'm, like see everybody like oh i got my song on spotify well yeah you like anybody can get your song on spotify right yeah. but like Everybody still freaks out that first time they hear their song on the radio. Yeah, every time I still do. Uh, like I get, I still get the Instagram clips from people about, "Hey, heard you on CHVN again today." I'm like, "Yes, let's go." Exactly <laughs> right. So it's just, yeah, it's super funny like that. And um, like we've done well. I think one of the things that radio does well is we continue to highlight local. So may, if for yeah. CHVN, it's like we really celebrate our Manitoba artists. Yeah. Uh, we still call you a made in Manitoba artist, even though yep. you're really from Saskatchewan. You lived <laughs> here for a while and then you moved away. <laughs> like, no, you're ours. We claim you, right? And, yeah. and celebrate you. And then other things too, like, uh, like we support local churches, we support local arts, and then we tell local stories, right? And mm. we celebrate local stories. And uh, Spotify, you know, they're not going to do that. Facebook, they're not going to do that, you know. So we still have this local connection, right? And everybody still thinks it's cool. Maybe it isn't their song on the radio, but we interview their pastor or their worship leader yeah. or whatever. And we put, a, um, we put them on air and we put a story on our website. Everybody still gets excited yeah. uh, about that, right? And yeah, it's just finding new ways to reach people now. So, you know, yeah you know, soon, maybe there might not even be radios in cars. So mm. we better make sure we have apps that are ready to play local radio right, while right. in the car and things like that. You got to stay yeah. on your toes. And I mean, churches have to think of new ways of doing things. Right. And, and we do too. So, yeah, as we're, we're coming to a close here, um, it leads into a, my, one of my final questions, I guess, is just how can the church 
support Christian radio? Like, how can we champion, you know, really give back in that setting, right? Because there's a lot of pulling, like, we want the Christian radio, do this, you know, play this for us, come to this thing, da-da-da-da-da. How, how does the church support Christian radio? Is, is there ways that you guys are seeing that are already happening, or are there ways you wish were happening? Uh, first, is the uh, this is the Sunday school answer, right? But pray for us, uh, encourage us. Yeah. Like, I mean... Yeah. I mean, especially with the pandemic, it's been tough. Right. But like, you know, I've had Christians making all sorts of accusations against me and stuff because I'm not standing up for whatever truth they think is truth in Mm. the middle of the pandemic and stuff. Right. I'm like, I don't I'm already stressed enough with the pandemic. I don't need you yelling and screaming at me. I need you praying for me. Oh, you're a human being. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. You tell me your prayer requests. I'll pray for you, too. So that's the first obvious. And then there's really simple things like if you have local Christian radio stations, like support the people that are advertising on those stations, Mm. um, support the artists, share the stuff that they post on social media. Like I cannot tell it's same as for you as an artist, right? Like sharing your links and stuff like that. If we could just get more people click and share that helps us immensely. Right. But I mean, people don't understand how important those advertisers are too. to, to radio stations. And then one of my favorites is give us ideas. Like, do you know somebody in your neighborhood doing something cool? Tell us about them so we can interview them, tell that story or, or tell um, about new artists and stuff like that. Right. And yeah, but yeah, I would love, like we try to unite the local church, but I would love for the local church to be part of uniting too. And our Mm. audience is fairly good, but there's always those, the, the very vocal minorities, right. That, just like can drag you down and feels like the body is being ripped apart right now. And, Mm -hmm. and so that's my big thing is then that's what the rest of the world sees, right. Is a bunch of Christians fighting on a Christian radio stations, Facebook page, instead of building one another up. Right. And yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Cause uh, I think for, for a lot of people, they don't understand how much the, the arts world really is really is, in almost like pioneering new ground to a certain degree in just with the growth in social media, the growth in influence, right? Like it takes one song from a church to get submitted to a radio station or whatever. All of a sudden they're a global phenomenon. Right. Right. And, and you would, and you wouldn't even expect it. Right. Uh, for example, I went to, you've heard, if you've heard of mosaic MSC, right there, Erwin McManus's church. Right. So people know of, Erwin McManus, they know of his church, but I found out from them because of the group. And I remember listening to the music and then I had an opportunity where I was, I just so happened to be in California and we went to Hollywood around Easter and had the opportunity to go to their church. And it was, I should have known, but I just went in and I was like, oh, it's just a church. It's just a, it's just a good church with really nice people. They didn't hold them up like superstars or anything of that nature which was so interesting because you see them all over the front pages of Relevant Magazine. You see them all over the place. And it's just this beautiful reminder to me that this, they are just people. And, yeah. and I believe that you know we, more conversations like these are going to happen in the church setting, better understanding the arts, specifically in the music world, the, the creatives. How do we pastor people who feel like they're maybe called to the road? Maybe they're not here three, you know, every, every single Sunday. How do we love on them? How do we 
care for them, but at the same time, not just lose them to the industry, right? Yeah, support their families and yeah. care for them, right? And yeah, yeah, I love that. They're just people trying to lead others into worship of Jesus, right? And yeah, and those artsy people like you guys, like I'm convinced a lot of you are the modern day prophets, right? You so mm. often have a prophetic heart, like calling people to justice and to yeah. God's word. And, and I love that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Mike. It has been an absolute honor to, to get to interview you. I, I'm so grateful. I don't do a lot of interviews, right? I'm starting to, you know, I'm still kind of new to it and that sort of thing. So thank you so much for your time. Just lastly, I guess, if people wanted to search you up, maybe book you to, for speaking, um, where, can they, where can they do that? Uh, I got a website. I ha- haven't written anything new in a long time, but it's got all my contact info there, miketom.ca. So Tom is spelled T-H-O-M miketom.ca or you can also find me on uh, most social media apps uh, reverend underscore tom t-h-o-m too so you find me on twitter facebook and uh instagram and uh tiktok i don't have a very good tiktok following but uh, i'm having some fun <laughs> over there so and and you guys can also um i would i would implore our listeners to tap in with chbn uh radio station uh they're 95.1 you guys do have you have a website you have an app uh, no app, but just go to the, we just changed the website to be super mobile friendly instead of building a complete app out. So just go to okay. chvnradio.com. You can stream us there. We do a lot of uh, Christian news every day. We've got local like Manitoba news up there, but lots of Christian uh, news as well up there every day. So you can check that out, chvnradio.com. Thank you so much again. Thank you, listeners, for tuning into this week's episode. The AC Podcast is a ministry of Apologetics Canada, so make sure you like and subscribe and interact with us on social media. We love to hear from you. If you have any questions, you can send us an email at info at apologeticscanada.com. We will get back to you as soon as we can. But until next time, uh, love God, love people. Bye for now.